when this task force was originally put together, uh, one of our main focuses probably for the first six to seven weeks that we met um, was just trying to help our member institutions get through the, the 1920 um, academic year. What does it look like when all these uh, spring sports were canceled? Uh, what are the MIAA championships for the spring now that they're going to be canceled? Um, how are awards going to look for those spring sports? Um, just a whole bunch of things that needed to um, to be looked at to, to finish the 1920 um, academic year. And so all those recommendations that our group made um, were uh, went through the, the chain of command with the MIAA and we, we, we took care of, of the things that we felt were probably the most important to, to get our member institutions through this year. Um, and so now once those, um, and we had a working document that we used for that and it, it had, um, oh, you know, 45 or 50 numerous different items that we felt like needed to be addressed or at least looked at and, and some recommendations were made. And so um, once we got through that, now our focus, this group has shifted. Um, now we're looking at the decisions that are being made by the NCAA. How's that going to affect the MIAA for next year? Um, summer was a big thing that we that we looked at um, because uh, summer for all of our institutions is going to look a little bit different. Um, obviously, there needs to be plans in, in place on how it's going to look when your athletes return to campus for summer work voluntary workouts. Um, how does that look in your training room? Um, so uh, this group really focused on two key documents then um, moving forward. Um, one of them was the return to campus and competitions um, guiding principles. And the other one was our um, just a disruption of schedule and summary of possible responses of, of things that um, may happen um, as we move forward uh, into the fall. If competitions were to get canceled or if, um, you know, all, all different scenarios. As you can imagine, there are a thousand different scenarios of things that can happen right now. But the, the first document that we looked at was just some guiding principles. So the MIAA um, put together a, just a, um, some things that they felt like were important that schools didn't necessarily need to, everyone has to do this, but just some, some guiding principles so that um, if you were looking to put something together, what are some things, that, the, some expectations from the MIAA and, and what do we want all of our member institutions to to follow. Um, so that document just really is, um, is just a document for reference. Um, your our member institutions, training staffs, coaches, administration can look at this document and when they're on their own campus and trying to, to put together plans um, of how to go forward. And then the other document, the return to campus, that gets really more uh, kind of in the weeds as to um, what's it going to look like when we are here in the fall and we have competitions. Um, you know, well, when, you when you travel to Missouri Western, it's not going to be the same obviously, because we, we, we both know that things are not going to be um, the same anymore. And how's that going to look? Um, so uh, we, we, we're asking that, you know, each institution put together uh, some kind of plan of, of what it's going to look like when um, other, other teams come to your campus or when you have a competition at your campus. Also, it talks about things like um, what happens if uh, there's a, a breakout in it and one, one team can't travel or uh, one team is not going to be able to field a team. Um, how does that look? Um, scenarios about what happens if in the uh, middle, of, middle of the fall, um, you know, we have to cancel the season again or we have to suspend the season. What's the, how does that work? Uh, um, all different kinds of scenarios. You can imagine that there's just, um, you know, a million different things that, that, that can happen. Um, 
I know at the at the NCA level, they're also um, putting together all every scenario that you could possibly think of to, uh, that could happen once once fall starts. Um, I'm going with the um, fall is going to start, and we're going to be right on track, and everything's going to be running smoothly. So, how, how much does maybe help the MIAA having this task force, like you said, going through every possible situation of everything starts on time, everything goes perfectly smooth through the fall, no issues to not starting on time to having to cancel or move or how much does this maybe help you guys the member schools prepare for anything just because we don't know or we don't we may not know what it's going to happen and say Edmond compared to Maryville or Warrensburg to St. Joe just how much does this kind of help you guys prepare for those type of things I, I I will say that this task force, the, the main thing that has come out of this, um, obviously all the information and all the recommendations are um, great things, but the main thing that has come out of this task force is the communication. Um, the ability to be able to communicate uh, to all of our member institutions and that they're all on the same page. Um, I had a conversation with someone from the NCA uh, a few weeks ago and one of the questions was, how, how do you feel like your conference is doing as far as communicating with each other and, and being on the same page going through this? And I said, with this task force, it has been amazing that we've been able to, to talk, not, and not every member institution is represented on the task force, but we're able to make recommendations to all member institutions and then those those things are talked about amongst every member institution. So it's not like the conference office is making a decision and then we're all blindsided by those decisions. Um, I really feel like communication has been the key thing that has come out of this um, task force. I was talking to Mackenzie O'Neill a couple of weeks ago just about her role and everything of helping out. How, how much does it help to have a student athlete on this task force maybe to kind of see their perspective of what they've gone through, what this has been like, looking ahead to fall season and kind of seeing how student athletes are maybe preparing and she's also maybe a bridge to other athletes of kind of explaining here's what we're thinking here's what we have to go through and stuff like that. Mackenzie is amazing first of all her um, and her voice in all going through all of this has been the it's been invaluable she um she sits in on our task force she sits in on our um, irc meetings. she sits in on a lot of meetings where there's a lot of discussion obviously on on how the miaa is going to proceed and um having that student athlete um uh, having her perception on on decisions or um things that are being talked about is is very unique and and you know Mackenzie she's a very well spoken she she um, she she represents the MIAA at the national level for uh, for SAC and does a great job of representing all of our student athletes and to have her voice um, is just been uh, invaluable for all of our groups um, to she'll she'll come up with things that maybe some of us didn't think about from a student athlete perspective and there are times when we ask her specific questions um how how would you how do you feel about this being a student athlete and i will say this about her too that she is very good about representing all student athletes um, she's not she doesn't get to come to those meetings and think about soccer she comes to those meetings and thinks about how is this affecting all of our student athletes so yeah give a shout out to mckenzie she's she's really good she's a good one as we get further into the summer and the voluntary workouts and we're seeing division one come back and then they'll report three or four cases and obviously it's it's different division one division two the size i mean just the ability to kind of I guess kind of separate athletes while they come in just 
what's the biggest thing or the biggest hurdle for member schools if there are one, two cases that pop up because athletes are coming back from all over the country to the schools or how, how I guess, what's the challenge with those type of things at that process too? You know, I think that the, big, the biggest challenge is going to be making sure that your institution has a plan in place. Um, and we've been working, uh, Kelly Quinlan, our head athletic trainer, has done an amazing job of, of looking at every, every um, situation, every scenario that we could possibly have happen as we proceed to having student athletes come back on campus. It's a phase. She's put it into phases. Um, we're not obviously just going to bring all of our athletes to campus and say, okay, let's go, it's, it's go time. Um, you know, that's not possible. And so um, I think having a solid plan in place and being able to, to have a, um, a, something to follow when something happens that, that's gonna be the key to, to transitioning into full-time. Uh, we say here at Northwest, uh, obviously our main goal is August 19th. We wanna have students on campus. We know as, a, as athletics that if there's not students on campus, there's probably not going to be athletics. And so um, we're trying to do our part to, to make sure that um, we do resume school in the fall. Do you kind of feel like it's a waiting game in, in a way? Like everything's preparing, moving forward at the same time. Maybe in the back of the mind, it's okay, we get closer, we get closer, everything looks good. Or do you kind of feel like this is a waiting game of what's going to happen or where we're going to go? Oh, totally. And, and as you know, every, it seems like every week there's something new or something changes. Um, I, I was looking at the calendar the other day and I'm like, wow, we're into the second week of June already. We're, we're making progress. Um, and so you, you wonder, okay, so what in a month, what is this going to look like? And, um, and hopefully that uh, when we're looking at, you know, the next, uh, the middle of July, we're, we're still going the same way and we're moving on to the next phase of, of whatever it is. Um, that's in our plan. So yeah, definitely a waiting game. Um, and I feel like that's, and that's not just in athletics. That's a, I think just as a society, we're in a, we're in a holding pattern um, and trying to figure out how, how to proceed. I've, I've been out to a couple of high schools as they reopening and they're, they're doing the six feet apart. They're doing the groups of 10. They're trying to keep kids from getting close to each other, which is hard to do in, in itself and keeping them away. How much is this going to be a learning process for the student athletes coming back that you have to stay apart, even though outside of the, the four walls or the stadium that they may be closer than that. But when you're there, you have to maintain distance or, or whatever the case may be. Just how much is this going to be a learning curve for players, coaches, everybody, too? Oh, uh, definitely. And education is going to be the biggest key in this. And, and, and Kelly and, and Joe Quinlan, our, our strength and conditioning coach, obviously they get time to talk about this, not outside of the office. Uh, I'm sure they probably talk about this way more than they want to. Um, but they have a, a great plan in place for, for our athletes that are returning. And, and they actually even made a, I think it's a four or five minute video that kind of walks through what, what the new normal is going to look like when our athlete um, gets on campus, what door do you go through and what is it going to look like with your workout group? And then when you leave, how does that, what door do you leave through? And, and, and um, just the, all the little things that, that you don't think of that you take for granted when you come and work out now are going to be different. But I feel, I, I feel really good about the plan that we have and, and um, hopefully uh, going forward that we uh, were successful in that. And final question I have for you, you talk about going forward, uh, what, what's next for the task force or what's the biggest thing that you guys are kind of looking at right now? 
You know, right now we're looking at, um, obviously, the MIAA has its um, Hall of Fame banquet. Um, we, we have that scheduled for the end of July. Um, we're still kind of working through how that's going to look. Is, is that going to be possible? Um, and, you know, with the, with the NCAA coming out, you know, every so often, um, different waivers or different rules, um, it's this task force job to interpret that information and how does that affect the MIAA and do we need to make decisions um, helping the MIAA and um, one of the one of the big things that we've uh, we've charged some other groups with is just what is the schedules going to look like for next year for the MIAA what are championships going to look like because the NCAA did come out and and reduce um, schedules for every sport um, so how does that affect us and and what things are, are we going to need to do as a conference to make those things possible and give our student athletes the best possible experience? Because honestly, Chris, and, and I talked about this in a group the other day, um, all these decisions that we're making and everything that's happening is for this year. And it's hard to remember that. And it's hard to, to think that the decisions that we're making aren't going to be forever. Um, and it's also, we have to remember that the decisions that we're making are for the best health and safety and well-being of our student athletes um, as far as you know the decisions that this task force is making um, we we need to put that first and foremost and and make sure that our decisions that we're making um, follow along those lines I, I guess one follow-up to that commissioner Racy was talking about the other week about the scheduling of the ncaa coming out limiting it, is the task force having a role in that of figuring out how you maybe spread things out are you Put games closer because like you said it's for this year whether you have less basketball games you have less softball baseball footballs you can't really move it too much maybe at this point but the other sports that's something the task force has to look at is when's optimal time to maybe schedule out or is that ad's and everybody else kind of two at the same time um, the task force made a recommendation when the NCAA came out with the um, reduction in, in contest. Um, we have a scheduling task force in the MIAA, and we also have a championships task force. And, and those groups get together anytime we have any scheduling issues or if we, we want to talk about ch changing championships or something. And so that, our group referred to them, and that group has been working diligently to figure out what our, uh, what our best options are. And, and then their decisions and their recommendations go before our ADs, our SWAs, our FARs, and then eventually to our CEOs of, of our member institutions for approval. But that, that's been in the works now. We've been working on um, that stuff probably for the last three weeks or so um, but it, it, that's a that's a daunting task too um, and you we have to remember that this is just for this year and how to, how do we make those things work for this year so 